What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. State Representative Pauline Wenzel says the legislative session that just ended was a whirlwind of partisan bills from Democrats that left Republican ideas in the dust. Wenzel's back in the district until January now that the session is wrapped up. She tells us the Democrats didn't waste any time pushing their priorities when they took control in Lansing. In particular, she has an issue with energy legislation requiring Michigan to get 100% of its energy from renewable sources like wind, solar, and nuclear by 2040. I like to call it the Green New Dream or the Brownout Bundle or however you want to word it is an energy package, a complete rewrite of Michigan's energy laws that will now make us the most extreme, not only state in the nation, far past California and Texas, but we will now be up there with the most extreme countries in the world. Wenzel says the end of the session was especially busy. It's unsettling. I mean, in the last two weeks of session, so just the last two weeks, we pulled some numbers and we voted on 195 bills in just two weeks. And of those bills, only 14% of them were Republican bills. And of those 14, most of those bills were highway naming bills, things from somebody's district or somebody has passed away and they're doing a memorial. Wenzel's uh, hoping things will change at least for a while in January when Democrats will lose control of the state house. That's because two representatives have moved on. The House will be split until special elections can be held in the affected districts, which will likely be in May. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners is hiring a new firm to handle medical services at the Berrien County Jail. The board this week authorized Sheriff Paul Bailey and Chair Mac Elliott to sign a contract with Vital Core Health Strategies for medical services at the jail. The county currently works with WellPath LLC for the services, first contracting with them in 2012 when the firm was called Correctional Healthcare Companies. Its contract with the county expires at the end of this year, and commissioners received four bids after seeking them. After a committee consisting of sheriff's department staff, the jail, and county commissioners interviewed all four, they selected Vital Corps. It's a three-year contract for $7.6 million. The move by commissioners on Thursday followed a meeting of the Finance Committee, which recommended the full body proceed. A new system for ensuring emergency calls get routed to the right 911 call center has been implemented in Berrien County. Berrien County 911 Director Caitlin Sampsel tells us testing was done Thursday with Peninsula Fiber Network to have the location of a wireless device determine which center a call goes to rather than at which tower the phone is using. I was out in the field doing some of that testing with them uh, in some identified areas where we usually have calls routed to a different 911 center than where the call belongs. And it was very exciting to have the call go to the correct 911 center and hear our dispatchers on the line and be able to say, like, yes, I know that we're going to be able to get help to people faster when they need it. Samsel says the issue of emergency calls going to the wrong center especially applies to areas near jurisdictional borders. With this new routing, it'll get you to the right 911 center instead of going based on the tower location. So it eliminates the need to transfer. So there's precious time that we're saving in those true emergency situations. Samsel says Thursday's tests were a success and she's excited to have the new tech implemented. She says Berrien County looks forward to emergency call routing to continue becoming more accurate as carriers improve the timeliness of location data delivery. A meeting will be held next Tuesday for Bridgman residents to learn more about efforts to address flooding in some parts of the city. 
Berrien County Drain Commissioner Christopher Quatrin tells us an area bounded by Lake Pearl Church and Clark Streets will often see flooding when there's heavy rain. It's served by an old drain that's no longer adequate. The drain was originally built in 1910, and then in about 82, that section going through here, the city took back. They wanted it back. The drain commissioner turned it over. I, I, my understanding, there were some improvements. We don't have them in our records. And now they're seeing, again, flooding, significant flooding. Quadrant says the area used to have a lot of farmland, but as it's developed, there are fewer places for water to go. That's not all. We have more rain, more intense rain, and more often. So they're seeing significant flooding. And the capacity of those pipes, all they're in good shape, they just can't handle the volume of rain anymore. Quatron says a Tuesday's Board of Determination meeting will be a chance for residents to present their case for having the drain commissioner address the situation. He sent letters to around 600 residents inviting them. A panel of three independent parties will listen to the information presented and determine if a drain district is warranted. Tuesday's meeting will be at 3 p.m. at Waco Beach. The Michigan Department of Transportation is testing a pilot program this year to have high school students paint the blades of snowplows. MDOT spokesperson Jocelyn Garza tells us the Paint the Plow encourages young people to develop safety messages and artwork for the plows. It's an opportunity for them to develop a safety message, work together collaboratively with their classmates to complete this design, and then it adds an additional safety messaging factor out in the community as well. Paint the Plow is being tested at one high school in Clinton County this year, but they plan to expand it. We'd like to make it available across the entire state. So what people can expect to see is over the course of the winter, we'll continue shoring up all of the guidelines to make sure that the process is really smooth for any schools that want to try and participate next year. And then we'll have a web submission form. Garza says Southwest Michigan students should have their chance to paint plows in time for next winter. MDOT operates around 330 snow plows and contracts with 63 counties to maintain the state highways each winter. The Paint the Plow program will involve MDOT plows, but the agency will also work with county road commissions and departments. And Lake Michigan College is inviting businesses to explore its Earn and Learn program, a way for them to hire summer employees at a fraction of the usual cost. LMC says thanks to a $500,000 gift from Whirlpool Corporation and the Whirlpool Foundation, the program matches student employees with local businesses for a career-building experience. It provides up to 80% of an employee's pay at $16 an hour for up to 20 hours a week, over 12 weeks. The employers are responsible for the remaining 20% and any hours over the 20 per week. Employers can also choose to pay more than $16 an hour or offer students employment beyond the 12-week program at their own expense. LMC's Career Development Coordinator Kathy Sabo says Earn and Learn will help students get experience in their chosen field and help employers in that field save while developing new workers. The deadline for businesses to apply is January 8th, while students will apply through LMC's career program. We'll have a link to more information on our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Israeli and U.S. sources say that hostage negotiations are ongoing and fluid. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest on President Biden's outreach on the issue. President Biden spoke Friday morning with the emir of Qatar. The White House said they discussed the, quote, urgent need for all hostages held by Hamas to be released without further delay. Negotiations for a hostage deal with Hamas are still ongoing, Israeli and U.S. sources told ABC on Friday. The potential agreement would involve Hamas releasing a certain number of hostages in exchange for a pause in fighting of some length of time in the Gaza Strip. The White House said the president and emir also spoke about ongoing efforts to increase humanitarian aid into Gaza and Israel's decision to resume fuel deliveries for life-saving aid. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. 
The United Nations was forced to stop deliveries of food and other necessities to Gaza and warned of the growing possibility of widespread starvation after Internet and telephone services collapsed in the besieged enclave because of a lack of fuel. Israel announced today that it will allow a very minimal amount of fuel into the besieged territory each day, but the shipments appear to be far less than what the U.N. has said is needed. The communications blackout is in its second day. It largely cuts off Gaza's 2.3 million people from one another and the outside world, and it paralyzes the coordination of aid. As the conflict in the Middle East intensifies, a number of hate crimes have been reported around the country, directed both at Jews and Muslims. The Department of Education is trying to root them out of college campuses. Morph maybe sees Liz Landers. The Department of Education is investigating seven colleges and schools, including Cornell and Columbia, for instances of anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. Five cases relating to anti-Semitism and two related to Islamophobia have been opened. Schools could lose federal funding or be referred to the Department of Justice, depending on whether they address the issues. The Education Secretary saying that these investigations underscore how seriously the administration, quote, takes our responsibility to protect students from hatred and discrimination. Liz Landers, ABC News, Washington. Abby Ott lost her aunt and young cousin when Hamas attackers rampaged through kibbutz near O's on October 7th. Now Ott is worried about what will happen to the three other family members taken hostage that day as Israel pounds Gaza City in a bid to end Hamas's control of the Gaza Strip. She wants the world to remember that Ofer Calderon and his children, 16-year-old Sahar and 12-year-old Erez, are caught in the crossfire. As the Israeli military tightens its grip around Gaza City, friends and the family of the roughly 240 hostages held by Hamas fear their loved ones will be an afterthought for the politicians and generals directing the campaign. New audio is shedding light on former President Donald Trump's final days in office. In reporting for his new book, Tired of Winning, Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party, ABC's Jonathan Carl spoke with Trump about the January 6th attack on the Capitol just about over two months after it happened. In a recording of that conversation, Trump can be heard saying he wanted to go to the Capitol to end the problem, but was rebuffed by Secret Service. More from Jonathan. What he is saying is that if he went up to the Capitol during the riot, that he would have been very well received. He is acknowledging, first of all, that those are his people and that they listen to him at a time, by the way, when a lot of his supporters are acting like these were like Antifa, this was all a big FBI plot. There are a lot of crazy conspiracy theories saying that those weren't really Trump supporters. The chairman of the House Ethics Committee has filed a resolution to force a vote on expelling Republican Congressman George Santos from Congress. The resolution was announced the day after the Ethics Committee issued a withering report detailing evidence that Santos of New York converted campaign donations for his own personal use, like trips to Atlantic City and the Hamptons. Santos easily survived an expulsion vote this month as lawmakers stressed the need for due process, but the completion of the committee's report has generated new momentum for ousting the scandal-plagued freshman. Santos announced this week he would not seek re-election. AAA is estimating there will be more than 49 million Americans on the road for the upcoming holiday. ABC's Morgan Norwood has more on what time you should be driving. It looks like next Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, is going to be the best day to leave. You want to leave as early as possible in the morning or after 6 o'clock to avoid the worst traffic. Me personally, I would say, you know, maybe push it to 7 or 8 anytime after that because you got to think about the folks who aren't necessarily traveling for the Thanksgiving holiday. If they are getting off of work, you know, regular rush rush hour traffic from you know four to six you may get caught up in that as well the republicans battling to be the alternative to former president donald trump are coming together for what an influential christian organization in iowa is billing as a friendly conversation about politics and their worldviews 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy will appear at a roundtable family discussion in Des Moines today. Trump's not expected to make an appearance, although he was invited. The field around Trump is winnowing with less than two months to go before the Iowa caucuses kick off the GOP nominating calendar. In a sign of the urgency of the field faces, many of his rivals are going after each other more frequently with jabs than that have often turned personal. And when will the world learn that password is a terrible password? ABC's Jim Ryan says that doesn't appear to have happened yet. Mel Brooks nailed it in 1987 when he wrote the movie Spaceballs. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life! And yet, 36 years later, 123456 remains the world's most popular password. And popular, of course, means easy to guess. The passkey company NordPass has scoured the Internet, including the dark web, to compile a list of the 200 worst passwords and found that password is at number 7. At 20, user. NordPass says 86% of all hacks use stolen credentials. Jim Ryan, ABC News.